0: Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be.
1: Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to be active participants in your daughters' lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Really excited to have you back again this week. And as you know, every week, I love being able to sit down with you and talk about this journey that you and I both are on. because. As I've told you before, I've got two daughters myself, so I've been in your shoes, I know what you're thinking, and it's not always an easy journey, but there are things that we can do to be the best dads that we can be, and that's what this show is all about. It's about walking hand-in-hand with you as you are going through this journey yourself. There's going to be high times, there's going to be low times, but we can go through this together and work through this together. Every week, I love being able to have the opportunity to be able to bring different guests to you, to be able to allow for you to learn from other dads, moms, other resources that are available to you that can help you in that journey that you're on. And today, we've got another great guest. Tracy Mausolf is with us. And Tracy lives in Southern California, Who, and she is a credentialed teacher and a certified mindfulness coach. And she is working with lots of different parents out there and their kids when it comes to looking at mindfulness. And we're going to be talking about what mindfulness means and how you can use mindfulness, not only in the things that you do as a father, but how you can work to teach mindfulness to your kids too. Because, you know, mindfulness does a lot of things to help us to be connected with not only our kids, but the world around us and beyond. And, and it's important for us to be able to think about things like this in different ways. So I'm really excited to have her here. Tracy, thanks so much for being here today.
0: Well, thanks for having me. Glad to be here.
1: It is my pleasure having you here today. And as I said, you work in mindfulness work. And I guess first and foremost, before we even delve into mindfulness that deeply, why don't you define for yourself And for us, what is mindfulness?
0: Well, mindfulness is really the practice of slowing down and noticing things in the moment without judgment. And so that is really the short version of what mindfulness is. But just trying to notice things as as just the facts or just what is. What about
1: mindfulness, what what was it about this that made you decide to step away
0: from your teaching career into working full-time in mindfulness work? That is a great question because, you know, I love teaching and I love working with students and their families. And as I did this, I was teaching this in my classroom. I was doing after-school activities and running parent workshops and pre-pandemic, there was a a really big need for this type of work and parents and kids were you know filling my my courses after school and everything and it was I was having a hard time meeting the demand and post pandemic it became clear that I was going to need to make a choice and I'm really glad that I decided to do this because the opportunity to be able to help so many more families than just the 25, 30 families a year that I was able to help is. Really phenomenal, and this year Thrive with Mindfulness, which is my company, it has the goal of helping 500 families by the end of the year. And so I'm really happy to be here and get the word out about this amazing, amazing thing, mindfulness. So talk to me a little bit about.
1: You said you incorporated mindfulness into the work that you did with the kids in your class. Talk to give me a give me an example of how you incorporated that into your class and what some of the results were.
0: The results were amazing. And what I did was, so I got my certification to teach mindfulness in schools through mindful schools. And that work was so valuable because it it taught me how to do a 16-week program with my own students, where I would teach them week by week different mindfulness skills, starting with mindful listening and doing it in a really playful way. So we would play a mindful game and we would do the practice. And it was really interesting to watch even the most wiggly kids start to really appreciate those moments of silence and to just practice noticing one thing at a time. And the connections that they were making was really interesting. So it wasn't just the practice time, that designated time, but then we would figure out ways to Practice mindfulness as we were working. And oh, let's see how many minutes we can just focus on this one task, say, for example, writing. And so there were ways that we could creatively incorporate the same skill in different activities and building in transition times, giving ourselves more time to notice what it was like to line up in line. What was it like to walk down the hall with heel toe and notice every part of our feet? And did it take us more time or not? So, and it was just a fun, playful way to do it. Oh, and the results. (laughs) That's the most important part. Kids were noticing that they felt calmer, that they were able to think better and they were able to react better in social situations that normally would have been really challenging. And building friendships that probably wouldn't have happened if it hadn't been for mindfulness, because you really learn to listen to one another and understand each other better and suddenly discover that someone who seemed like such a jerk actually isn't. And you actually have a lot more in common with them than you thought, and you can actually be their friend. So it was really profound to see such change in behavior and outlook know that you now are working
1: with parents as well. Talk to me about the work that you do with parents and how that differs from the work that you do with kids.
0: The work that I do with parents, mindfulness instruction in itself is really pretty much the same thing. You're still teaching the same concepts, but just on a different level. So the work that I do with parents is really profound because they begin to realize how valuable they are i think that parents forget what an important role they play they're one of the pillars of their child's life they're the they're the one pillar the most constant pillar the, the sturdiest pillar where you know schools are going to change friends change situations change but parents are always there and so teaching parents about that and reminding them that they are that pillar is one of the most profound things i had a mom just on tuesday say to me wow i i had forgotten that and thank you for that and so that was really cool and they dive in on a higher level and so for example in the course that i'm currently running we did a mindful listening lesson and so we were practicing listening both inside ourselves and outside ourselves you know so for sounds and on the outside and sounds on the inside just sounds and we dove in a little bit deeper we were able to go into oh I'm, I'm even noticing other things besides sounds coming up and so you're listening on different levels and so for kids they're just really listening for sounds and it's a game and then we have to actually train for listening for other things emotions or noticing things that are coming up within our bodies emotionally or whatever but adults connect quicker And so you can dive deeper and you can have those conversations about what's coming up and what are we noticing? And it moves on a deeper level.
1: As you are working with parents, what are some of the biggest barriers that people have to overcome to be able to incorporate mindfulness into their routine?
0: Well, there has to be a willingness to learn something new and there has to be an openness to try something that will possibly create amazing transformation for you. One of the biggest barriers that I come across is that parents think that they don't have enough time to practice. And the most amazing thing is that in just 10 minutes, if if we all have 10 minutes, and we can divide that up in small increments through the day. And that's one of the things that the parents in my course are learning is that in 10 minutes, five minutes in the morning and five minutes in the evening, just... Short little sessions where you're just taking time for you to notice things, whatever that might be, it can make a profound difference in your complete outlook when you do it consistently every day. So time has been the biggest thing. And they all say, wow, I really do have the time. And then they find that when they invest the time, they actually create more time for themselves because they're not as distracted and they can focus more on the task at hand. So you actually buy yourself time by just investing a quick 10 minutes or, and then you build up. So, I mean, like right now I spend about 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening at my practice.
1: Well, for someone that's never done this before and they're hearing what you're saying and they're still a little confused about, okay, what does this mean? How does this actually work? Are there one or two things that someone can do right away, right now? To be able to start moving in a positive direction when it comes to incorporating mindfulness into their life.
0: Absolutely. And we all are doing it right now. We're all breathing right now. And right now, in this moment, I invite you to just notice, just pause whatever else is going on in your mind and just really focus your attention on your breath. And you can even just take your hands and put them on your belly and just. For 30 seconds, we can just focus on breathing in and breathing out and noticing the rise and fall of our chest, our belly, excuse me, or your chest. And just noticing that without even thinking about anything else, just the rise and the fall of your belly. And as you do that, you can start to notice like, things starting to relax your shoulders will begin to relax i notice when this happens that my jaw will begin to relax and just that quick thing can really really help another thing you can do that will really help and it's quick and you can do it just sitting it's not even noticeable is just to rub your fingers together notice the ridges on your fingers the fingerprints and just notice that feeling and those are things that you can do to start to experience the the shift in how you're concentrating and how you're calming down. And it just feels like you're going slower. I
1: appreciate you sharing that because I think that for some, they'll hear the word mindfulness and it might make them shut down a little bit. Because they think, oh, this it's one of those things from out east or something or something that I don't know even how to think about it. You know, I've heard people t- talk about it in that way. And, but really it's kind of just a a different way of thinking, a different way of being present from what I'm gathering from talking to you.
0: Absolutely. It is a different way of thinking. And I hear a lot of people, they'll just say to me, Tracy, this is just a bunch of woo-woo. And I get that because I thought that too. I thought that people who practice mindfulness and meditation and things like that, that they were really out there until I really was dealing with my own stress. And as a parent myself, I mean, I know what the demands are, and I really felt it. And I actually had health issues because of it, because of the stress levels. So mindfulness was something that really profoundly changed things within 30 days of my life. And I had been struggling for about two years with a health issue. And I was just, astonished because it wasn't the woo-woo that I thought it was first of all, and secondly, it's it's research backed. And what we practice today, yeah, some of it it does have its origins in, from the east. Um, but the mindfulness that I learned was called secular mindfulness, and that's a distillation of teachings that involves some yoga, some stretching. So there's movement involved. There's just a lot of practicing non judgment and focus. Learning it's like building your it's like mental muscle training and you're really literally changing your neural pathways so through this training. And so what we notice from this is that we can go from being more reactive to responsive and we can shift things that we notice that we're repeating from our own parents like how our parents parented us and we notice those things that aren't working. we can literally shift the pathway. we can shift it. it's you can kind of compare it to a freeway. And you're traveling on a freeway, a well-travelled freeway that has five lanes in one direction, or you can take the two-lane road. and sometimes the two-lane road is the better choice and you have to build that out. And that's how we do this over time simply through noticing things and focusing our attention in a different direction.
1: I've heard some things that say that mindfulness can help to increase energy in yourself throughout the day. Is that
0: true? I notice a difference and, in- in my energy level. And I think it's because it's like having built-in restings periods where if you keep going and going and going, you kind of wear yourself out. But you can think of it as like taking a little stop at the gas station and just filling your cup a little bit. And then you can move on with feeling a little more refreshed. So yeah, there is a lot more energy that is also a result from a mindfulness practice.
1: So I'm wondering if, as you're practicing mindfulness, if Most people are trying to incorporate those into like regular routines, meaning every day at 5 a.m., they're taking five minutes to do this, or before they go to bed at night, they reflect back and are thinking about things that they're grateful for and to relax themselves and center themselves. That they're focusing on not only the same thing every day, but at the same time, and that helps to focus things too. I just didn't know if that's typical
0: or if everybody's just a little bit different? Well, I think that we're all a little bit different and what works for one person might not work for someone else. And that's the beauty of this is that it's very flexible and you do this, how it works best for you. I know that my teacher always, always said, get up, use the bathroom and meditate. So he would always say, rise, pee, meditate. And, and so I learned meditation actually as my first thing. And then mindfulness kind of came from that. And so that is just something that's sort of built in with me. I get up and I literally do that every day. But evenings are flexible for me. It just depends on on what my work schedule is that day and what the family situation is. And I squeeze my 10, 20, whatever in. And sometimes the time varies too, just based on what I can do, or I might divide it differently. I might decide to do morning, noon, and night because I can't squeeze it in any other way. So it's flexible. And that's something good to know if you're considering starting a practice like this, is that you're in control.
1: As you think about mindfulness with kids and as parents, are there ways in which you can, I'm going to say gamify mindfulness? to make it fun for the kids.
0: Oh, absolutely. And that was one of my favorite parts of doing this with kids is because, you know, any of my old students will tell you that I can be kind of a cornball. And I love to just sort of be a kid again. And so yeah, you can really get into some fun games and you can create calm corners in your house and have places where kids can go and just and just do their mindful coloring or whatever, but also places where they can have little games that they can play, little cards or whatever. But there are some fun games that you can play as well.
1: Are there any specific games you can think of off the top of your head that a parent could try with their kid today?
0: You can. There's the mirroring game where you can stand face-to-face and you can pretend that one person is the mirror and one person does is in control of the movements. And so if I were to put up my right hand, the person on the other side would mirror that that movement. And it is really fun. Another really great game that is great, like if someone is having a challenging day, is to do the laughter game, where you start out just one person making a funny face or something like that. And then you can see who can make the other one laugh first. And then you continue the laughter until everyone is really laughing. And that is very fun. I, my son really responded well to that growing up when he was having a bad day, we could just sort of get it all out and focus on on the good things again. And that can be helpful.
1: I know you said your site is called Thrive with Mindfulness. And I know that's at thrivewithmindfulness.com. Correct. And on your site, I know you have a program and a community. So talk to me about how people interact with you and work with you through the program that you have, the community that you have?
0: So usually what happens is people opt in to the mindful resource community. And in there are guided meditations, mindful coloring for kids. Um, there are some affirmations and a journal prompt. And I add to that periodically just to keep things fresh and new. And then they usually will sign up for a workshop of mine. I'm getting ready to announce a workshop about the power of our thoughts. And so keep your eyes open and ears open for that announcement. I'm in the process of finalizing the details on that. And then they, they, they usually take the eight-week course which covers all the basics of mindfulness instruction so that you learn how to practice. You have just really minimal homework and feedback to do. And, and you, you get to know other parents who are going through the same thing and who are on the same path, on the same journey. So we're building a community of like-minded parents and supporting one another in this really important work.
1: Well, Tracy, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for what you're doing to be able to help kids, help parents in so many ways to think differently and to be able to be more mindful in the lives that they are living. And if people want to find out more about you, where's the best
0: place for them to go? Drivewithmindfulness.com is a great place to start. And yeah, you can you always opt in and you can always message me there, email me, and I'd love to get in touch.
1: Tracy, thank you so much. And I wish you all the best.
0: Oh, thank you, Chris. It was really nice being here. Wishing you the best, too.
1: We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.com.
0: Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and musclemen. Get out and be the one to know. Be the best dad you can be.
1: Be the best dad you can be.